Hey y'all, welcome to Sex Ed For You, the podcast where research meets reality. I am Lauren, a certified holistic sexuality educator. And I'm Holland, and I have a Bachelor of Science in Public Health. Sex Ed For You's podcast is for people who want to date and have great sex that is fun and safe and enjoyable. We like to empower our listeners to make informed decisions that lead to values-based living. Welcome to Sex Ed For You. Where research meets reality. With Lauren and Holland. Oh yeah, we totally did that out of order. <laughs> oh well. I totally did that out of order. Our audience knows who we are. They do. I know. Hello, audience. Hello. We've made an executive decision, and that is... Oh, are we going to cheers? <coughs> that today we're not going to talk about as heavy of stuff. Now, that being said, this is us. So who knows? It may get there. It may end up getting there. We thought it'd be nice to have kind of a lighter lighter convo and we cracked ourselves up on Monday driving back from our news segment because Holland was sharing something and I said something and we laughed very hard we made a dating analogy and then we shared it with some people who identify as male <laughs> they didn't find it as funny as we did no they didn't so <laughs> anyway talk about like dating stereotypes today dating stereotypes I think that'd yeah. be really fun I think we can talk about things gone wrong, things gone well, um, friends with benefits types of things. Mm-hmm. Part of our mission statement is to really equip and empower people who want to date and have fun, like and have good sex inside of their dating relationships and leave when they're not having good sex inside their dating relationships. Um, and I sometimes think, you know, way back when we had like these things called archetypes and we looked at mythology and we really could, we could see ourselves, right? And see ourselves, see ourselves, and we felt validated when we saw our, like, stories play out. It's yeah. still, I feel like it's why we love movies so much. Because yeah. we're like, oh, I identify with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I hope today does, is we can we can make light of some things that either you and I have done or we've seen yeah. done. And, yeah, research can be a little bit of reality Oh, today. yeah. I mean, between the two of us, there's a lot of dating experience in this room. I don't know. I think you have more dating experience than I do. That's true. Uh-huh. Okay. Between me and myself. <laughs> I have a some lot of stories. <laughs> you I have do stories. Have some stories for sure. And some fun things that I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a very extensive dating world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do we want to start off just with the story? Yeah. <laughs> Does it work yeah. for you? Because I don't want to. Yeah. I was talking about a recent um, dating adventure that mm-hmm. I went on. And I was talking about, like, how I miss his presence and I miss him just, like, being there. And I miss having someone for the companionship. Um, But I couldn't really put my (laughs) finger on why I missed it because I was like, it really wasn't that, like, substantive. But I do miss it. And I miss, like, playing with his hair and, like, you know, like, scratching his back. And Lauren goes... I was really trying to like be there for her. I'm sure other people have had these moments too. So I'm like driving, she's riding. And I'm trying to think like, yeah, I want to validate her. There is something to missing someone, even when it wasn't like you couldn't converse with them. Yeah. And I immediately thought of when I lost my dog. So I said, oh, it's like you were dating a dog. And to me, y'all, this found like it felt like an epiphany. It felt like I yeah. just like had some brilliant moment. Mm-hmm. You started laughing, though. <laughs> of course, I started laughing. I didn't think of it as funny. <laughs> I really thought of it as like, yeah, you missed their presence. Yeah, yeah. And it was like in such an endearing way. It was not at all in a negative connotation. Like it was like, oh my god, it's like you lost 
your dog. Yeah. Because it's it was that like companionship, the playing with his hair. Like those were the two things that I was really harping on yeah. that I was missing. Because there were a myriad of things that oh, I missed so about much. that man. But those were the two things that I was like, every day I think about playing with his the, hair. The presence is what she kept saying. And I am so curious. We could make this a poll. Like, what the, if the audience has had this experience too? Because I think we're made for community. Yeah. I think we're made for belonging. And so, so often I think we stay with people because we like their presence. And they're yeah. not like a bad person. Yeah. Right? And yeah, they... They provide what a dog provides or an animal. In a positive way. I seriously (laughs) meant it like that because, and this is what you and I wanted to talk about today. So often when we part ways with somebody, we we have this tendency in this culture to vilify them, Mm -hmm. to make them the evil one instead of everybody just being like, you know what? At this season, this was not, this wasn't life-giving for everybody. Our list of like, is it life-serving? Is it others enriching? And if it's not, why can't we just kind of celebrate that? And then on the flip side, I also see women do this when somebody tries to say, I miss Mm -hmm. so-and-so, when everybody knows that you're better off without him. There's not a lot of like grace given to say like, Oh, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. You miss that part of this person. Yeah. Well, I think as friends of someone who's dating, we see, the friends see all the negatives. They don't get to see all of the positive little things because I think just we typically talk about the negative things with our friends. We're not Mm. going to them and being like, oh, I had so much fun when we went to the movies and held hands and it was wonderful. Hmm. We only tell them, I feel like at least I tend to only really talk about the negative things. Because hmm. the positive things, it's like, this is positive, And then you kind of like move on hmm. almost. Um, we celebrate the positive things, but they're just so much shorter. Whereas the negative things, you're like going back to it. Like every conversation you have with a friend, you're like, but this is still happening. Or like, you know, you just talk Mm -hmm. about it more often. Mm -hmm. So I think the friends see the negative side of your relationship so much more that they really only remember that. And they really only want better for you. At least that's what it is from my perspective. No, what I'm thinking about is I just started reading the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole Lepera, her newest book, How to Be the Love You Need, I think. Mm. And... She's talking about this, Mm -hmm. this conundrum of why is it in our culture, you know, that we only talk openly and freely about the bad things and how Mm -hmm. she she was just saying that she used to do exactly that. And is it at all that we don't want to like rub our goodness in somebody else's face? Does it feel like flaunting at all? That's immediately what came to my mind. But does something different come to your mind? Like why we don't talk about the good, sweet things? I think I just... I don't know. I mean, I think not for me. I don't yeah. think so. Okay. I think personally that I don't feel flaunty talking about those things. It's more so that I feel annoying Ooh. when I talk about the positive things, okay. um, especially with like close friends and family. I don't know why. Yeah. I just feel like a little annoying talking about all the positive things all the time. Like, mm. oh, he did this little thing for me. It feels... Maybe it does feel flaunty. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't identified that emotion very well. Let's just, let's make a pact that we will say the good things. We will say the good things. Cheers. Cheersies. Let's be those types of women who like 
want to hear the good just as much as we want to hear the struggle. Mm-hmm. I remember wise, wise teachers of mine once said that you can really tell your true friends apart because there are those who will be with you in the hard, yeah. and then there are those who are going to celebrate your successes. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have avoided telling people at times in my life how beautiful Trey treats me mm-hmm. on the average because I haven't wanted to like rub salt in a wound type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I don't want to make them feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that, yeah, I think there's a disservice in that somewhat. Yeah. Especially to the partner. Like, yeah. our partners. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I do think it has to do with the audience sometimes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to be a person who yeah. wants to hear the good stuff. I have struggled with that for a long time, Mm -hmm. truly, because I remember my family, like when I was in that long-term relationship, Mm -hmm. um, when we broke up, they were like, thank God, like they were so celebratory Mm -hmm. of it. And I was like, but there was so much good. And they would argue with me and be like, there wasn't any good. And I'm like, wrong. (laughs) No. And I think a lot of it was that I just didn't tell them about the good. Um, yeah, but I, I do, I agree with you. I vow to move forward yeah. in a more positive light. Because I think maybe it speaks to scarcity abundance. Maybe mm. it speaks to, I don't know. There's plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to do poorly for others to do well. No. Uh-uh. And like if others are in bad relationships, bad dating relationships, mm-hmm. they should get out of them so then they're in more healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, little Steffi pledge here. <laughs> <laughs> Any of you want to share? It's one of the most joyous parts of, honestly, my individual client work is when somebody comes in and tells me about amazing sex that they have had. Mm. Um, and I'll have many clients who are like, I couldn't wait to tell you. <laughs> I'm like, that is the most amazing thing that I get to do is rejoice with people on the great sex, the great orgasm. So many people have their first orgasm or their first masturbatory solo sex session not in my office, but at home, and then they come and share. That sounded very... When they're working with us. Uh-huh, when they're working with us. And it's the biggest joy in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to... Let's be those people. Yeah. Yeah, and we have to start with ourselves. It's so hard <laughs> to start with so ourselves. So hard. Oh, my. That's why we're talking about light things today. Yeah. That's why. Because it's hard, y'all. Okay, so I guess our question was... And I said to you... Oh, my goodness. Okay, I think this dating a dog thing, mm-hmm. A, the reason I did it is I didn't want to vilify this person that you've no, recently been spending time with because, like, that's – I don't think that. Mm-hmm. I don't think this person's a mm-hmm. villain. And when we were telling the boys or mm-hmm. the men that we mm-hmm. were speaking to about this, they were, like, not offended, but, like, that's not a great analogy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but you don't understand. It's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it at all in a negative way. It is such a, like – cherishment of this specific type of relationship like it's not the relationship that I want it's not the relationship Mm -hmm. that I need Mm -hmm. but I loved it for what it was I truly did yep and I think that element was hard because like yeah it sounds bad to say a dog and not in that way but I truly meant it in a cherishing loving way of like I love that type of relationship Mm -hmm. but it's just not what I need right it provided something absolutely it provided so much for me Yes. And that's what we, we, we pushed in on our analogy with these guys that we were talking to. And eventually, both of them, I think, said, oh, okay, I, yes, I've been with partners, especially for continued amounts of time, mm-hmm. when I knew I was ready for more or they were ready for more. But the companionship that they provided was really 
special to me. Yeah. And I didn't want to let it go. It's like a mismatched energy yeah. almost. It's just like not being on the same page. Maybe we need to come up with a new name for it that's not dog. <laughs> but I meant it in the like loyal companion yeah. type of way. Yeah. I hold fast to it. They were like, oh, but a cat. Like, no, like we've been with cats, not with dogs. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess that works too. Because they were saying, you know, cats can be like so flippant. Like, no, I don't want you around. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And we weren't trying to say that as much as we no. were trying to say the affection you have for a pet, mm-hmm. the comfort they provide, the loyalty they provide. But it's not It's not like conversational. It's not yeah. usually like um, like growth mindset. Like, yeah. You're, your dog just loves you for who you are. Yeah. And it's literally just two different levels of yeah. need, desire, um, current energy, current, it's I don't fine. know, trajectory of life. Like it's literally just different levels. Audience, you can take you can take an issue with our analogy and provide us with another one. We thought it was great. Yes, please we do. Really Give did. us better options if you think you have them for like names or analogies. But we truly do think that this mm-hmm. is the best way to describe this type of relationship. You know what? Maybe at some point I'll look up. Alison Armstrong talks about her four different relationship models, and one of them is a companionship model. And maybe that falls into a companionship model, yeah. right? That people who really, truly, this is where research is going to meet reality. I'll look it up in just a minute. Um, that they are happy if they are just sharing space with someone. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. we never need to vilify that. Yeah. And maybe that's where my brain was going to. Yeah. Of, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to go through life like that. Yeah. Like, that it's person. just like a couple levels above friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And for some folks, I have... Lots of friends who are in relationships where that's kind of the extent mm-hmm. of their relationship. And they are deliciously happy. Yeah. Why? Who are we to say, don't do that? Yeah. It's I, just not what I need. I'm such a very emotionally deep and like conversational person. Like I just, and the area that I'm in in my life, like I'm truly mm-hmm. at that stage, that stage where I want to find my life partner. Mm-hmm. And I want someone who who really, really is willing to dive deep mm-hmm. into emotional topics. And um, honestly, that's it. I really want. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrienne Marie Brown, in her Principles for Liberated Relationships, says to align your longings. Mm-hmm. She says early on in partnership, if you want to have a liberated relationship, mm-hmm. align your longings. Gosh, yeah. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Is that you just want to align longings. You, you're not out to like shake your finger at no. every person who crosses your path who does not align mm-hmm. with you. No, it just is a whole lot easier. Literally, so many clients of mine just didn't align their longings earlier yeah. on in partnership. And so now they're looking at, do we stay together? Mm. Do we try to bend and mold ourselves? Mm. Or do we stop and say, I love you, goodbye, yeah. and move on and align their longings with a new partner? Yeah, that's tough, yeah. but for all the single folk out there, you can do it now. Yeah. I was saying that my relationship in between when Trey went back to California and came mm-hmm. back was most likely a dating a dog because I latched on. It's like I got, don't people sometimes adopt a dog really quickly after like a breakup and stuff? Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's like a super normal. It's got a thing, right? Yeah, like transition. people do this. That was like what I did. And delightful human, wonderful human. Mm -hmm. I loved his companionship Mm -hmm. so much. So, so much. I was telling you, beautiful to look at, like just stunning. Mm -hmm. So handsome. (laughs) So handsome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, loved being near him. Loved the touch of his skin. Mm, loved yeah. softest skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, after kind of the newness of the puppy wore off, I was very aware mm. that I was dating someone for the companionship and the yeah. presence that yeah. they brought to me. That they were wonderful, but not at all. Yeah, what I was and that's. For. That's definitely, once you become aware, I think you either have to make, you have to make a decision of Mm -hmm. like if you're okay with that Mm -hmm. or if you need to do the bending and shaping like you were Mm -hmm. talking about or the the departure. And that's a really hard realization to come on to, um, especially when you're like really enjoying the companionship. Yes. Like you don't want to make one of those decisions. No. It's just like, can we just keep going? But it hurts both of you. It does. It really does. So let's talk about some other different like types of stereotypical okay, this relationships. Is another one we've been talking about recently is the concept of friend zoning. Yeah. I don't know if this has like a stereotype. I'll look up the other ones while, while we're going because I think I can find them because I typed them out for someone. But talk to me about friend zoning. Yeah. Is, and then I'll talk about kind of like the friends with benefits type of, yeah. I think they kind of go together. Yeah. Oh, Dating sure. a friend or casual sex with a friend. I only whispered, I just realized, because, like, my kid's home. So I was like, casual sex. (laughs) Like, I say sex around here all the time. Don't know why I whispered. Anyway, reverted back to, like, the Presby days. That was very weird. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Okay. I think friends, friend zoning someone almost really never works. (laughs) Like, going from kind of dating to then really just friends. I feel like unless it's truly a mutual friend zoning of like both people don't necessarily find interest in Uh the other, like almost like a bad first date or something, or maybe you were friends and then you went on a date and then you're like, nah, let's just stay friends. I feel like that could maybe work. But in every situation I have ever been friend zoned or done the friend zoning, it it has not worked. Like one person maintains feelings. And it's just, like, weird. (laughs) It's just, like, you know, constantly, like, the hugs are, like, oh, should I pull away faster? Or, like, oh, this hug feels like it's really long. Like, there's definitely always that kind of, like, back of your mind, like, is this just friends? Sometimes there's a little, a little kiss, kiss, goodbye that you didn't anticipate. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. Not Holland. Not Holland. Mm-hmm. What are your experiences? My experiences. Zone? Yeah, I yeah, I don't it can work. Let's put it this way. I have a dear friend who we absolutely had a casual sexual experience. Um, they might listen to this podcast. Hey. <laughs> um and we're still really good friends. Mm-hmm. I will say really truthfully, and this person would be so okay with me saying this, that we had been friends for a long time, years before we've been friends for like 20-something years now, um, even before I was married for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we had like decades of sexual tension build up. Decades. That's the best sex. Was Some of. It was good. Um and so what was sad for me is after we finally had sex post my divorce, yada, yada, um, was that our relationship changed. Mm. And we had to have a little come to Jesus moment because I was like, wait a second. Like uh, this person was not comfortable with folks knowing that we were sexually mm. like involved, uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, <laughs> 
please don't pretend not to know me in social situations now because if I had known that that was the price I was going to pay, I think I would have said no to the sex and just been your friend for a long time because your friendship matters to me. Um, And they claimed, maybe still claimed, that they didn't know that they were doing that, that that was Mm. a subconscious choice, not Mm. a conscious choice to avoid me. And so pretty much changed from then on out. Um. But it was tricky. It was, I think they would say too, in the midst of our sexual interactions, it was really tricky. And it was like, will we, won't we? Mm-hmm. Um, it was never discussed. It was never like planned or consensual. And I I was the person on the wanting end because I was this new mm-hmm. divorcee and had all this sexual energy. And I was the one probably doing the hunting and they okay. were just enjoying being hunted. You were wanting more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you also please clarify for us what you meant by it wasn't necessarily consensual? Oh, thank you. Um, I love everybody being on the same page. Okay. Yeah. And so it was the, the sex itself was always consensual and desired, very desired. The nature of the game to get to the sex gotcha. felt very... Um, Like, I, I was walking on eggshells. Like, I didn't mm. know, would this thing happen tonight? Would it not? Mm. Would Which would we, we all know s- is the worst thing for you. I know that that's me. genuinely one of the things I, you hate. I really like planning. Um, I love anticipating. Yeah. I love anticipating. And so the will we, won't we is super hot erotically. Yeah. I, in real time, it can leave somebody feeling really rejected. So yeah. maybe that's a better word, mm-hmm. is that there were often times when I just felt rejected wasn't the intent of this human at all yeah Uh, but i would be left feeling that way Mm -hmm. and that's what the communication was not consensual yeah the sex always consensual desired i would have had much more um yeah but moral of the story is now we're still great friends and yeah now we laugh about it Mm -hmm. talk about some of the fond memories um and it's it's fine it's really fine. Do you feel like that was friend zoning, though? Or was that like a... I feel like they friend zoned me. Okay. I do. I think I would have dated them in yeah. that season. Mm-hmm. And they said, um, I will never be what you need. Mm. I can never be what you Powerful to recognize for. that. Very powerful. Way to go, friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard. Mm-hmm. That was hard. I think a lot of people have heard that exact phrase before. Yeah. Of I can never be mm-hmm. what you need or what you're looking for. And when I think people are saying that with responsibility, I think it's actually a beautiful thing to say. Really? Truly? Uh-huh. Like one of the most beautiful. Yeah, I've... I agree. Mm-hmm. That sounded questioning. It wasn't. It was <laughs> The agreeing. most beautiful? <laughs> the most beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, highly respect it. And at the time felt like I am too much. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Not them. And wanting too much. Yep. I feel that for sure. Yeah. Right. I want to go on dates and have mm-hmm. sex, not just have sex after yeah. all our friends leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't too much. That's not what they said either. Yeah. <laughs> no. friend did not say that. Uh-uh. But it's what it feels like on uh-huh. our end, for sure. I've been there. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. I, I'm trying to think of a friend zoning situation. This is going to sound cocky. Where I was friend zoned. Mm. Yes, Alan. Try to go through your... <laughs> It's a long list. There's a spreadsheet. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't 
there's definitely been oh yeah no mm. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever necessarily been yeah okay we'll go down this path so I dated someone in high school who um, lived very far away. We knew each other when we were kids and then they moved far away and we dated while they were far away. Oh. Um, Cause we reconnected like at high school. They moved in middle school, high school comes around and we reconnect on Instagram and we started dating, dating. Um, and I remember when we broke up, he had broken up with me and the whole thing was we wanna maintain friends, like maintain friendship. To this day, we are still friends. It is so weird. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so odd because like, I don't know. To me, it feels like we never really got like our shot. Like quote unquote, we never really got our shot because we did it. We were like 16 and we were so far apart from each other. But it's kind of one of those that like, mm. what if? Like mm -hmm. if the right mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and the right circumstances hit, mm -hmm. it, and I feel like it's always going to feel that way. I mean, this man is married now. That's what I was just about to ask. He's literally married. Okay, yeah. And I'm still like, but if we lived mm -hmm. in the same city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> but that feeling is just mm. there. Because I feel like, you know, once you go into that dating, it's so difficult to revert back to friendship. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I really don't know if you can shift there, shift into romanticism, and shift out back into friendship cleanly. I don't think that's possible, honestly. This would be another poll question. We should ask all the poll questions on Spotify. Because I can be wrong. I'm totally happy to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. Well, but maybe, you know, my nerdiness with human design, I'm like, maybe some people are cannot. Mm. Maybe others can. And maybe that's when we try to say, like, absolutes that we really get into trouble yeah because maybe your body know right mm -hmm. we know you have this like emotional authority you feel deeply i do um and so maybe to you no that would just be not good for you yeah it's very hard for me yeah i just care so deeply and once i care for you in a romantic way like that is a different type of love for me and i just can't go back to like what is friendship love mm -hmm. i was also thinking about how you and so many, I think I do this too, paint the future so quickly in yeah, a relationship. I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think possibly, and I guess we could talk about this. I don't know if we talked about this on here. Um, Julia Cameron talks about things like a breakup feeling like a miscarriage mm -hmm. because it is a dissolution of the possibilities of a certain future. Yeah. You were telling me that whenever I went through this breakup, this most recent one, like so, it's okay to mourn it. Like mourn it was, it. you're mourning your future that was yes. possible. Yes. Yeah. And I think the world's most creative people, which is why I adore Holland and why I need her, have this ability in an instant to create this universe that revolves around this other, not revolves, but includes this other yeah. person. Yeah. It's like, this is our life together yeah. and this is going to be lovely and this is what our babies will look like. I have to literally like, tell my brain to shut up sometimes mm -hmm. when it's the beginning of a relationship or literally even the first day I'll be like it's almost partially like intrusive thoughts <laughs> like go away okay like we are not there yet <laughs> you're not to that mm -hmm. stage and you are thinking about like our children <laughs> like calm down but there's also a part of me where early in relationships like, I want to know those things. I want to know mm -hmm. if you want kids and how many kids you want. I want to know 
all of those know. questions. You like, made us a list. Yes. I want to know the list questions mm-hmm. because if they don't align, then what right. am I doing? Aligning longings. No. Agreed. Agreed. But it's hard. It's really lovely to work with you, though. <laughs> so all I got to say is hire people like Holland because you can paint. You can make a vision come to life. Mm-hmm. And you are very clear of what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. Yeah. Um, it, it's a beautiful thing. I just mm-hmm. don't think we can, like, cast judgment on it at yeah. all. I, I think it's healthy and lovely and beautiful. And it is our romantics. And, yeah, one of my favorite um, Christmas movies is called Family Stone. And I just watched it last night while I was decorating. And now I'm in trouble with my own teenager because I decorated without her. Yep. Sorry, everybody. But I watch Family Stone for the – I always watch it while I decorate. And it's fascinating to me because, like, two brothers end up – it's one of those stories where, like, they break up with the one girl, but then they end up dating and getting together with the other one. And I do sit there all the time, and I'm like, is that not a little weird? <laughs> like, older brother was about to propose to the one who then – the younger brother fell in love with her. They got together, and then the older yeah. brother falls in love with her sister. Yep. Wow. That's – Tight family there. Tight family. <laughs> it's beautiful, and I love it. And, you know, the part of me who's like, yes, expensive. It's like, that's beautiful. The but other part of me is like, also, oh. your ex is your brother-in-law. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Talk about weird family gatherings. Yeah. Like, you were looking at your brother-in-law too long. Uh-huh. Right? Like, yeah, you would need to embrace an abundance mindset. Like, uh, yeah. you need to work through jealousy and yeah uh-huh. compersion and bringing these things in but it is just funny because i think i don't know if romantics would even like that movie they might be mm. like i don't like this yeah i think that would stress me out uh-huh because it's kind of the whole thing is the dissolution of their relationship and then the falling mm. in love with the brother and like the other thing mm. mm-hmm. but i like it i think romantics can have hard times with plots like that because they've imagined the future already Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so friends with benefits. No, that was friend zoning. Now we move friend into zoning. friend oh, with friends benefits. with benefits. Hmm. 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 <laughs> you go first. You go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Have I ever? I've been offered friends with benefits. Uh huh. Many times. Yes, you have. <laughs> I have not ever taken it up. Really, is the thing. I really haven't. I mean, I the situations that I've done, I would call more so like casual intimacy because it was never really fully sex. Like it was never penetrative mm-hmm. intercourse. Mm-hmm. It was usually just like we'll make out every once in a while, but we would never even really hang out. Like it was literally just like to make out. We'll just go make out. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that was one situation that I did, and it was fine, but I got bored with it very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, friends with benefits just doesn't really work for me. I just, relationships for me, I love sex, right? You know, sex is great. <laughs> but, like, for me, I want the intimacy. I want the, like, physical, intellectual intimacy. Mm-hmm. That is what I crave. hmm I have a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> like, I don't right. need your penis right. and your subpar oral. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Cheers. I'll just, what I want is intellectual and emotional mm-hmm. intimacy and dates and like enjoying my time with someone. So, friends with benefits does not benefit me. I'll friends with benefits with my vibrator. 
I cannot wait for this to be a real. <laughs> cannot wait. Cannot wait. What about you? <laughs> Definitely had the friends with benefits thing. Um, yeah, I, I think friends with benefits like healed me in some way. And so I think this is why this is really fun because different stages of life, right? It was healing for me in like my divorcee season. Mm, I um, mm-hmm, when I wasn't really in a place where I wanted full-on companionship and would I have taken it yes kind of like in this place of desperation like the puppy thing I probably would have taken it but that's not what was being offered what's being offered was friends with benefits and yeah with one particular lover it wasn't subpar it was good it was really good yeah and it worked it really did why do you think it worked Because you didn't have feelings? No. That was a quick answer. (laughs) Yeah, because I think there was a lot of erotic desire. I think it fulfilled a lot of the, the cornerstones of eroticism. And so it felt almost even more prohibited. Mm. Because it was just friends with benefits. So when the sex happened, it was really good. Um... Yeah, this person was kind of like out of town too. So it was kind of, I wasn't around them all the Mm. time. And yeah, nothing more was promised to me. And maybe there was no more potential for anything else either. And so it felt like. Do you think you both recognize that in each other? That there was no potential there? I, I, you know, we've even talked about it since we're still in touch. And I remember one season, like a year or so ago, where he was saying, like, are you truly happy with Trey? Like, he was he was asking inquisitively because he was saying, okay. like, am I wrong that we shared something, too? He's interested in, like, consensual non-monogamy and, like, a polyamorous gotcha. lifestyle for all of his life. And I said, yeah. And he said, like, even with what we had. And I said, like, 100%. Like, yeah. Trey, my partner now, doesn't need me to, like, negate all those experiences. Yeah. Like, you need to throw out the door all the good sex you've ever had. That's not yeah. the partnership I found for myself. And I was like, he knows about you. He knows about us. Like, this is not, I don't, I'm not hiding this. Yeah. This is integrated mm. into my world. Um, but yeah, I, I think I said in that conversation, like, if you had been interested in, like, long distance dating at that point, like, I would have. And he was like, oh, I never would have done that for you. Like, you need, like, what you have now. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. But I probably mm. would have with you. And it was just not available. Yeah. And I was so fine yeah. with it just being what it was. Hmm. Like, so fine. What boundaries did y'all have in place to facilitate this relationship being healthy? Maybe, like, mutual. This is the first thing that came to mind. So whether or not this was a boundary or a value that based things so then our boundaries were around it. Mutual desire for the other one to flourish. Mm. Like, tremendously from our soul. That is a wonderful context to be within. Yeah. Yeah. Like... The other person's flourishing was paramount to both of us. And so I think that put the boundary. Yeah. Which was like, I'm not right for you. You're not right yeah. for me. Um, but there was healing that that person really, truly provided for me. Mm-hmm. And they know that. And I've gotten to tell them that. And yeah, it's, yeah, it wasn't meant to be everything. It was meant to be this like healing balm. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. What? boundaries and conversations would you say would be important for people to have to Mm -hmm. facilitate 
a healthy friends with benefits type of thing situation. Yeah, that same type of thing. Yeah. Uh, what are your mutual hopes and dreams for yourselves and for the other person? Mm. And just clear communication yeah. of like, this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Because again, that friend zoning that mm-hmm. that other person did, the reason it felt painful to my nervous system was the lack of consensual communication. Okay. The lack of what this is or is not. Yeah. And the potential that it could be. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the built-in boundary of living in different states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that clear communication. And mm-hmm. I think so often they can go awry for the same reasons that things go awry when people open up their relationships as one person wants the friends with benefits, the other one doesn't. Yeah. 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 And so if it's not mutually beneficial, then it's not beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Like just hard stop. Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing with friend zoning. Mm-hmm. It's like the same conversation. It really is. It's mm-hmm. an unfortunate one to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like it needs to be reiterated a lot. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I've just shifted into my really crappy UK accent. It's okay. Um, Holland knows we just made people on vacation who had beautiful British accents from very different areas of the country, but she can do one of theirs very well. It's crazy. I just love watching Love Island UK. It's a passion. So, it's fun. thanks, Bibes. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. You ever need Holland to role play with you? She's oh, got gotcha. totally. Yeah, boundaried conversations, kind of like short-term, long-term goals. Mm. Um, yeah, what's the friendship going to look like once sex gets introduced? Yeah. You know, if sex isn't pleasurable for both parties, is it worth it? You yeah. know, I think... It is a lot easier. I mean, when you look at the research, research means reality, um, people with penises, what is it, orgasm 94% of the time? Yeah. I 94. Think it's closer to like 97, honestly. In a sexual encounter with a person with a vulva and a vagina. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas people with vulvas orgasm 4% of the time. Four. So if you're not in the 4%, get out. <laughs> yeah. And or. Revisit, you and I, this will be forever be our message, what it is providing you. Yeah. If it's providing you with physical closeness, Intimacy. cuddles, and you really feel like it's providing yeah. you with something, that's okay. Just journal through that every day. Mm-hmm. Don't, do not fall into the temptation to then vilify the other person mm-hmm. because they're not giving you this form of intimacy when they had agreed only to sexual intimacy. Yeah, it's not fair. No, lots of people with vulvas and vaginas need that 20 to 40 minutes of arousal and then also could really benefit from mm-hmm. the types of intimacy you were talking about. So if you're not getting it and this person already said they're not willing to provide it. Mm. It's probably just not the right situation. Yeah. And as much as it sucks to leave that, you just kind of got to weigh your priorities at that moment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And decide if you're dating a dog <laughs> for the partnership and the companionship. For it. And the presence. What other types of uh, relationships are there in this in this world? I think, you know, and this isn't one I've, well, that's not true. Um, relationships of convenience, which I guess that could be the dog. But I was going to say relationships of financial benefit. Ooh, or social benefit. Dig into that. Um, I even think that my first marriage, he was seven years older. Mm -hmm. Yes, we all know now happily gay. But when we first got together, he did not know that. Nor did I. Yeah. 
now. Could we look back at pictures and guess? Yep. Whatevs. Hey, it was the early 2000s. Listen, hindsight's 2020. Um... He had a house, and he had this, and he had that, and I had been very much conditioned that these things equaled an amount of responsibility Mm. and maturity and intelligence and um, just all these admirable characteristics. And so I think I was dating originally with this um, picture of, right, what he is mm-hmm. is going to be. And then it became a dating relationship and a marriage of financial security. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped working several years into our marriage, and then I got married. I mean, was already married. Then I got pregnant, and then I had my daughter. And it became that I could – I didn't think I could leave because I would be, like, destitute. Yeah. And that doesn't only happen in marriages. That happens in dating relationships all the time, too. Hmm. And I think that doesn't always go, you know, female to male. No. Because I think Trey would agree with when he was dating older women, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And how Mm -hmm. attractive that was to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And not in the, like, moochy way. In the, like, this, like... It's just like a pull, almost, of, like... He'll save, like, right? Successful women. Yeah. It's like a phrase he'll use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we flip it, right, we're like, oh, well, that's admirable when it comes from a man to a woman because women have been whatever put down. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. For me, I think the pull towards that type of relationship of success and in whatever way, you know, socially, mm-hmm. financially, a lot of it for me comes because I'm like, oh, I don't have to take care of you in that way. Yeah. It's like almost like a lift off my shoulders mm. of like, I was expecting mm-hmm. to have to provide that. And like, that's almost just like normal for mm-hmm. me to be the one that's like working hard and dedicated to saving money and doing my taxes and like doing all of these like hard things mm-hmm. is is second nature to me. Mm-hmm. I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. So in most of my dating relationships, except for my very long-term one, I was just like, I'm used to like filling that hole for Ooh. other people. Yeah. And so seeing that is very like, oh, like, yeah. wow, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> You're a grown-up. I, I think that's 100% what it was with my ex-husband mm-hmm. is that I, at the age I met him, I was already, yes, doing mm-hmm. all of those things, already had a full-time job, already was paying my taxes and a grown-up. Yeah. It was very, it was like, huh. like what? You take care of yourself? Lovely. One less thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that's bad. No. I don't think it's bad. I think it only gets scary when, and this is why as sex educators, we always need to be having these conversations about power and privilege and yada, yada, mm-hmm. is that is there a consequence, like detrimental consequence, if we leave this relationship? Mm. Right? Do... Does our social standing get mm-hmm. extracted from us? Does our monetary sta- standing get extracted from us? But do you think that should bar someone from entering a relationship? Mm-hmm. Or what would you, your quote-unquote advice be towards someone who's looking at that type of relationship? To not let your partner become your everything. Mm. To still have networks of friends and people and yeah. sense of self that has nothing to do with your partner. Or yeah. a part of, but not only. 
Um, I think this happens in big cities all the time, too, where people with power and prestige and relationships and networks and stuff will date a younger person. Mm-hmm. And I, great, wonderful. And usually the younger person is driven. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, God, finally, somebody who's yeah. like working as hard as yeah. I am. Again, I, I don't think that should bar you from dating that person. Mm-hmm. I think you should make hella sure that you still have something of your own to stand on. Individuality, I think, is maybe one of the first things that's lost in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's so detrimental to yourself and the relationship and the itself. the you're dating, too. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, finding identity in someone else is putting a lot of weight on their shoulders. And... I mean, I don't still believe this, but even biblically, Mm -hmm. it was never, you're never supposed to put all that pressure on someone else. It's always supposed to be towards God, quote unquote. But like, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. just finding that individuality in something else, in yourself, Mm -hmm. in your hobbies, in your socials, Mm -hmm. in your job, in whatever it is that makes you, you Mm -hmm. don't lose what makes you, you just because you're with someone else. Mm -mm. It's too much for a relationship. You and Trey do such a beautiful job of that. Thanks. It's so important to me. Mm-hmm. It's like so, 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 so important to me. Yeah. My kiddo earlier came in and was like, hey, can we go to this restaurant tonight? And I was like, no, it's my night with my dear friend. And yeah, we go out to dinner on Wednesdays. Yep. And it's our thing. And nope, I know it. I love it. I, <laughs> it's like mine. And it's important. It's really important. And I think one of the scariest things of walking through a divorce was I didn't know who would have my back. Mm. It brings me to tears. Yeah. Because everything had become so wrapped up in couple world. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have much of my own anymore. Yeah. And that was really, really scary. And I think, yeah, I, I you know, in a relationship where wealth or social standing or whatever is something that someone else is going to bequeath to you. I think I would just also watch out if we have our, our wheel of consent of what is being done inside of consent, what is consensual mm. and what is non-consensual, what is love bombing, what is like this overabundance of lavishing monetary things that could never be repaid. Mm-hmm. I would also watch out for that dynamic. Yeah. That's all. Maybe go um, find yourself a sugar daddy. Maybe you will. And that can be a beautiful consensual can. arrangement. It really it can. It really can. I've considered it many a time. <laughs> can be lovely. Some of the other relationship dynamics I was thinking of was, and I think I can't find it, of Alison Armstrong's, but she talked about like uh, two people kind of like working towards a common goal. Okay. Kind of like you find a person, two or more people, it doesn't need to just be two, and like you are set out on this mission together. Okay, give me an example. Um, I kind of think it's Trini, but maybe not. Of like, you share common passions. Okay. Yeah. Like even I, you know, I have some couples who are super outdoorsy. Yeah. And they work together towards their like outdoorsy goals. Yeah. Maybe they want to hike a certain yeah. path? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> or do a certain thing, you know? Yeah. Doing certain things. Accomplishing certain dreams. Yeah. Dream chasing. Okay. And... I don't have anything like against any of these models, but I was just thinking back to companionship model that some people just love each other's company Mm -hmm. and that's like a model that they like. And some people are dream chasers and that's Mm -hmm. just a model that they like. And yeah, it's lovely. Mm -hmm. It's really lovely. 
Um, I think some people are romantics, mm-hmm. like truly romantics. And they love that. They love like adoring one another and kind mm-hmm. of lavishing and being lavished on. And yeah. I can think of those folks and also precious. <laughs> Raise his hand. Uh-huh. It's me. <laughs> I Hi. love to be loved and I love to love. Yeah. And I can think of certain clients recently who've gotten into relationships and they have said to me, this is so cool because I always thought that I would have to like be romantic enough for both of us. But they mm. finally found a partner who wants to do that in return. And mm. it's just been juicy goodness for them. Oh, and my I'm, God. I can't wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is so, so sweet. And yeah, it's, that's what it should be. Uh, again, if we align our longings, mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, the family model. Yeah, I was like, I know there's another one. It, I think she calls it the legacy model. Okay. Which is kind of like, what legacy are we leaving behind? Ooh. Uh-huh. And that some people, to some people, that's really important. Whether it is the bu- business they build that then, like, is left to the community, whether it's the children that they bear. It's it's just that they are really focused on this legacy that they're hmm. building. Yeah. I think those are her. I think I did it. Yeah, I think, I think you I that thought of those because I'll I think, link it in the show notes. Yeah, I will find the real thing and we can all laugh at how like I did or did not get that right at all. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the um, like dream chasing mm-hmm. one because I, I, I know <laughs> that that's who I am. And I clearly remember Trey saying that that was one of the first things he was attracted to. It's a successful woman thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, she is, she is going places and I want to be there for it. Yeah. Like... Yeah. yeah, I want to be along for the ride. I think I'm a mix of that one and mm-hmm. romantic. Mm-hmm. I am driven by the romance, but I'm also just a driven person. Like I am very, I get what I want done, done. And it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. And I do dream big. And I've been mm-hmm. dreaming of this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, to our Hemlock group the other day, she shared like a note in her journal that's about to hit a year. Like yep. that, yeah, she's interning with Sex Ed for You and ha, now she's yeah. here. And the last little line was, and my boss is so cool. I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> it's me. That's you. <laughs> now she gets to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was when I thought Sex Ed for You was surely run by multiple people. Like I thought I was contacting like a, a well-expanded business because it's run so well. And then I reached out and I kept using like plural nouns, Mm -hmm. like Mm y'all, all of you, if I could meet with anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh my God, it's just Lauren. That's awesome. Now I can come in and help. (laughs) It's just me. It's just me. Speaks to all the good work that you do. I remember a marketing director once uh, that's ironically, she ended up being part of the organization that ended up acquiring my smaller one. Um, Yeah. Said the almost same words to me once like she thought that my organization was run by a whole big team yeah i thought there were at least like five people and you were just like the face that's totally what i thought maybe someday i really i don't know i learned about myself recently i was telling you this that like i not am only a visionary but i also have this admin in my human design gate of putting a dream into action Mm -hmm. that's my favorite part some people say that I'm like, mm, because <laughs> it means mm. like the nerdy stuff was good too, yeah, not really just good. the like, this is a pretty picture. Yeah. No, it's like well rounded. Yeah, it's really like a dynamic business that can truly be, it can take shots at every level. 
you can look at it at every single level and it's well done. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Now you're part of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now we're delivering. Almost a year. Almost a year. Crazy town. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, One more thing that I wanted to add on top of the romanticism. I was thinking about this last night in the shower um, about how I'm so bad at having crushes. I had told you this Mm -hmm. many times. I'm Mm -hmm. terrible about having crushes because I always like anticipate it further out. Like I'm like, it has to be something it can't just be a crush it has to be something and I need them to like me back and I was in the shower thing about like why do I have to when I have a crush it like becomes my life mission to make them like me back Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is that I just really like feeling loved I just really (laughs) like the attention I am an attention whore Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. that was the only revelation I just wanted to tell you that (laughs) It's so interesting because I, when you said this in the car the other day, I was like, huh. Because <laughs> I, I was wondering if it was at all tied to kind of purity culture roots a little bit too of, you know, this concept of like if you think about a person, like mm-hmm. you're really, I don't know, giving more of yourself to them mm-hmm. or like every person you date is a potential, is should be a potential mate. Yeah. I didn't know if it was – almost this like over romanticism of the dating process because you've told me about your grandmother I think before who was like thrilled that you like went that you had multiple partners to a something yeah yeah, yeah. To, my pro- to my prom I yeah. had two dates and she was like this is my queen she because in her generation yeah that was a thing you didn't go steady no you dated multiple people yeah you like until one the of them field. like proved themselves yeah. which I I when we went away, I don't know, and I people can correct us. I mean, I know there was a lot wrong with that era of time. Let's be clear. We don't need to go back. No. But I do think there was something fascinating about mm-hmm. that of you could have all the attention. You just weren't committed to this person. Yeah. And I don't know. I just – I got totally thinking about when you said that the other day, too. I was like, I wonder why. I wonder why in her soul. But I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful that you're like, I just want to be loved. I, I just, just like really the attention. Like being loved. I really like attention. I really mm-hmm. like – Let's be honest, the control of someone yeah. liking me. Yeah. I'm very much a control freak, so I love the idea of like, ooh, I have sway here. Mm. And that's not healthy. Mm-mm. So I'm trying to work on it, and the crush that I've been having is just, it's going lower. Good. Like genuinely, in my head, it's like not as pervasive because I've been, I've recognized that yeah. it's because of control, because of attention. And I'm like, oh, like, they're just a person. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can like them, but I don't have to be, like, obsessed. Mm-hmm. I don't have to check their stories and their Instagram every day. Like, I can just be me. That's the power of neuroplasticity, my friends. Mm-hmm. That we we truly can change. And simply by acknowledging a pattern, yeah. we are able to start changing a pattern. It doesn't even – my clients will often say that they're like, wait a second, I haven't even started sessions and yet I'm already noticing this change. And in the sex education world, we talk about this plicit model and the P stands for permission. And I always say, it's when you give yourself permission to change. Yep. But all of a sudden you're like, I could change that. Yeah. Like in the shower. Yeah. Like, oh, that's interesting. And then we watch ourselves – and then sometimes there's this therapeutic effect, right? That weird, mm-hmm. oh, it's all bad and I don't I don't know what's happening. But sometimes it's literally just a change. Yeah, and I really have been noticing it and it's been wonderful. I'm like, wow, I can truly just have an innocent crush and just be okay with that rather mm-hmm. than needing 
needing, I cannot emphasize enough the need that I feel in my soul to make a crush like me. So it feels really nice to be like, feel released from that. Yeah, because I remember saying to you, like, just bask in it. Like, Mm -hmm. you're worthy to like, have so much fun with this crush. This doesn't need to be a transference of affection from puppy dog to this person. Yeah. And when you said that, I was like, what does that mean? You literally What do you mean bask? I I can't. You're worthy, like, to enjoy the attention when it comes and when it goes. It's just, it's okay. It's That's totally beautiful. Yeah. Like, we're worthy of that. It's been a nice realization. I'm so proud of you for a little shower moment. (laughs) Yay. What a fun little podcast. I would love for listeners and viewers to, yeah, share what they are, different models they can think of, different experiences, because we didn't hit the ball, I'm sure. No. I'm sure this was not like some comprehensive list. No. We just needed a light podcast. (laughs) This one was fun. We did a good job. Um. I do want to let everybody know that we're going to be having journal prompts available for Christmas, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully as soon as somebody Somebody is me. I'm going to be finishing them this week. <laughs> and by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully they will be available and in the show notes. And that wow, means you pressure. can buy they'll them. Be, they'll be there now. <laughs> they'll be there because I said they <laughs> would said be. Um, and you're going to be able to buy them on our website. And they're going to be January through December. They are beautiful journal prompts. We give them to our Hemlock members. And this way you're going to be able to either download them, possibly get them in hardcover. Don't hold me to that. I am not 100% guaranteeing that. But you can download it and print it yourself. So keep an eye out for that. And put it on like your e-reader or yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be like such remarkable. a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful way to gift someone with um, just like true self-reflection for Christmas. I think that's such a beautiful thing to give someone. I work really hard on them. It was actually a Hemlock member who had this idea. She was like, Lauren, I would give these to people. (laughs) Like, could you please make them into like a whole purchasable thing? Um, And so shout out to that Hemlock member who said I should do this because they're really good. And I put a lot, I just wrote December 23s. And I love them. Like mm-hmm. they are really seasonal too. Mm-hmm. I really believe in the ritual of season. And so they're very seasonal and reflective of whatever I was going on and going through in that time. And yeah, there's like poetry in some of them. There's yeah different readings, but mostly it's just reflective journal prompts. Yeah. And it kind of encourages you to release what not, doesn't serve you from the past month and embrace what you want. So yeah i'm excited me too go ahead we also have merch Mm -hmm. available and so we have hats we have bags we have hoodies um t-shirts what else do we have downloadables stickers all of these things you can get the link is going to be in the show notes um yeah i'm really excited for y'all to have these in your hands because they're truly amazing quality and fantastic um some of the things are more of a wink towards our brand so Mm -hmm. that it's not as much noticeable Mm -hmm. and some things are like really in your face, which Lauren and I love. No. You can go both ways, you know? Totally good. I, We will make sure that the date is also in the show notes of the last night, the last time date to purchase. Um, and yeah, thank you all for being here. And thank you for this, enjoying this lighthearted podcast. <laughs> um, if you want to know more about relationship dynamics and principles of partnership, you can reach out to us. Um, go to sexedforyou.com forward slash free consult. If you want to request a consult, um, always put your questions, your comments um, in the show notes. And yeah, you can always email Holland at admin at sexedforyou.com. Yeah. Um, remember, these are our opinions and lived experiences. We encourage you to do your own research. <laughs>